from Rixie. This is Frameform. Hello, Frameform listeners. We have something different for you today. In this week's episode, Jen, Claire, and myself took the time to talk to some people outside the dance film community. Yes, I'm talking about people who are not dance filmmakers, but they know dance film in some kind of way. So today's episode will conclude three separate conversations, talking with our friends and their outside perspective and foreign relationship with dance film. This was a fun episode to do, and we hope to do something like this again. Enjoy the show. My first question is, can you share a bit about who you are, what you do, kind of your unique, awesome position in this whole film and film festival world? Sure. My name is John Gann, and I am a film producer. Uh, Previously, I was the director of uh, a few film festivals, and I have been consulting for the past uh, 10 years with film festivals around the country. Uh, I've curated... uh, dozens of programs for dozens of events. Uh, and through those years, I have seen my fair share of uh, films of every kind of quality and plenty of dance films. So I remember, John, when we first met a few years ago when I moved to D.C., first of all, I have to thank you for showing me Airtable because it is basically a running joke on the program that Airtable is the solution for all life's problems. Airtable is the solution for every problem. I have been a devotee since the beginning. It is the most incredible thing. I organize my entire life and all of the projects I do on Airtable. I just need an Airtable to help me manage all my Airtables. If I could get that together, (laughs) I think I'd have it all. Um, So first of all, I had to mention that. So thank you. Um, Next, I have to say something that stuck with me from our conversation. And I was this new person coming from another country, another coast, and saying, I love dance film and I want to start a festival here. And I could kind of see the life drain from your eyes. (laughs) And I love that you are not just like, oh, yeah, that's cool. You were honest and you said, yeah, I'm not a big fan. And that really stuck with me. And I wasn't like personally offended. I just really liked that you were honest to my face about it and wasn't like, oh yeah, that's really interesting that you like that. And as someone that has programmed so many festivals, that's seen so many different kinds of films, I knew you were the person I wanted to interview for this episode. Can you share what your impression is about dance films? What kind of dance films have you seen? What does or doesn't work? Okay, so I'm going to make a distinction between what I call uh, dance films, dance on film, and films on dance. Love it. Okay, they're all to me they're all very different. Like, okay, so dance on film is you know segments in a musical, or I I love that. I can't get enough of it. But then again, I'm a, a musical theater nerd, so I just to me that is like the ultimate expression. And I, I mean, I can watch Gene Kelly, you know, dance in Paris all day long. I think it's great. Every time Seven Brides and Seven Brothers is on, I cannot wait for that scene when they're dancing and building the barn. I think it's the greatest, because it's, it's a great it's, it's a great storytelling device. Um, and I don't have a problem necessarily with I would, what I would call formal dance on film. Like I, during this lockdown, I have been loving the Matthew Bourne uh, ballets that have been released through the, the National Theater in London. I mean, I've, I've always loved his work. I think it, it's creative and every time it's in town, I, I go to see it. But I, 
you know, as a recorded, I guess, performance, I, I don't mind that because that it's a performance that's being recorded. It's a, it's a different type of thing. My contention is I'm not big on people who are trying to use dance as the sole storytelling device for a film. Um, I just find that while there are some that are very successful, the majority of them are not because they're either choreographed by someone who's so into dance that they're not thinking about film as a medium, as a storytelling medium, which is very different than a, an in-person experience, which is what most choreographers are thinking about when they're thinking about dance. Um, or it's so experimental that as a programmer, I find it difficult to program for a general audience because I'm like, well, I can see 6% of my audience loving this, mm-hmm. but I can see the other 94% of the audience groaning for 15 minutes. And you know, my job as a programmer is to entertain them, right? Obviously I want to challenge them, but I, you, you have to pick and choose the battles of how you want to challenge people, right? Totally. So, right, right. So, so, how challenging so are we going to be today? <laughs> anyway, I mean, do I want to challenge them with a documentary about uh, racial injustice, or do I want to challenge them with a dance film? And so, these are, you know, these are the things that uh, I have to think about as I'm putting these together. You know, again, as I said, there there's plenty of dance films uh, in which dance is the main storytelling device that I, I I do enjoy. I just find that the most that the majority of them that I watch are just don't capture my attention. Uh, and some, and sometimes I think that they go on too long or in, in experimental ways that just don't, they, 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 just, they just don't grab an, an audience and grab me. I think the same uh, points of friction you're having are really resonate with what those of us that are quote unquote in the community or like us dance film nerds, we totally agree. A lot of these films are, longer than they need to be. It is hard to program an experimental film. Uh, It is difficult when dance is like the main narrative device. And then you do have people that are crossing over either from film into dance or dance into film. And I do love how you separated those three separate categories because it's true. Like there's so many different ways that we can see dance in this way. And that's a big mission with the podcast is like showing a range and also helping people understand that it's not just point and shoot, right? The camera is a dancer, editing is a form of choreography and really trying to elevate the form because I understand it's so hard to just put a random dance film in with other short films. And I think that's probably contributed to the boom in dance film festivals because we are a niche and we understand we're like the weird kid on the side that maybe just needs to find the other weird kids and celebrate our weird stuff. Um, I love that you mentioned Gene Kelly. I'm also a huge fan, not just because of his performance and his ability, but also his mind, his talent, um, his fight for for more equality and like promoting more actors and actresses of color and performers and really trying to like change the way that things were going at the time um, using his fame for for good. Um, have there any have there been any musicals in particular that really stick with you that you're like that is the pinnacle? Like you mentioned Matthew Bourne, so I'd imagine you might be a Red Shoes fan. Um, you know, you mentioned American in Paris. Yeah, um, yes, I, I love American in Paris, and I Red Shoes. I actually like the ballet much more than I like the movie. Um, I'll be quite honest. Uh, Matthew Bourne's Edward Scissorhands. Yes, to me was a, a, like a life changing theatrical moment for me. I don't think I have ever cried 
that hard in a theater. Like I was, like I, I was almost embarrassed for myself at the end about how hard I was crying. And I, and it was weird. And I actually went back to see it a second time to see if what what that was. Um, I mean, I've always liked that movie. It's nice. It's campy. It's fun. It, you know, the Elfman music is amazing. But the way he had transformed that into this live experience, which is beautiful storytelling, you know, by the time he gets to the ice carving, I was just, I was a mess. I was just a mess. It was so romantic and so beautifully done. And so, I think the reason I like Bourne's choreography in general is I think he thinks in a cinematic way. All of his shows are like watching a film unfold. It's not just dancing after dancing after dancing. It is so highly integrated and, you know, every production just is, is so slightly unique. I, mean, I think the one we watched this spring was Romeo and Juliet, which, you know, was in a mental institution. I mean, the whole thing with the whole premise was so bizarre, and, but it just, it worked so beautifully. And it was so much heavier hitting than probably the last few dozen Romeo and Juliet on stages I've seen. I think he's totally the master of remixing things and consciously taking like, what are the core themes I want to pull out of this? But how do I plop it down in a separate setting? It just adds these layers to it or like how the Nutcracker, all the children are so creepy and like the whole party scene that's like this epitome of like ballet gaiety and like the adults are at the party, like completely takes this, flips it upside down, shakes out the box, and it's like, here you go. Here's something, like, way better. Yeah, I love what he does. I agree what you said about the cinematic approach to his performance, too. I think that the elevated performance quality of, like, the acting in his company members makes a huge difference. And just, like, the comedy, and I think it really feels, like, very timeless, but very classic in that way, where you're seeing those elements of performance that you sometimes miss when people are looking so far into the future and trying to be deadpan or focus on like the form itself, you lose a lot of people that way. So sometimes just those traditional elements of visual art and strong storytelling and making people laugh, making them cry, that's what keeps audiences invested. I would agree 100%. So I I think that a cool thing about this conversation is that you don't outright dislike dance. You clearly, you see dance live, you appreciate it. It's just how it's done with film sometimes doesn't land. Can you think of anything specific that is not work? Like you mentioned, like if the narrative is too abstract, how do you make something compelling, especially for an audience that maybe isn't inclined to watch dance as much? Well, I think dance films are the type of films that are made by people who are very passionate about their dance. And, but they're not thinking about who's going to receive this film. Right. And I, I just, it was funny. I was just on another podcast this morning. I was talking to someone and I said, you know, I, 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 my advice to all filmmakers is that before you even put pen to paper to start writing out your script, the first thing you have to figure out is who are you writing to? Who do you think are going to be the eyeballs on the screen watching your film? If you can identify who that is, then you can make a really successful film because every decision you make from that point on is reflected in those eyes. Right. And so I think that because so many of those short dance films, they're very passionate about that. This is what they want to do. And they think it's an artistic expression of themselves. And it is. And that's great. But they're not thinking about who wants to watch it. 
right? So they throw it together, you know, they go in the park and they dance and they, they put it, swing it all together, hopefully with some good music. Sometimes the music is really the, the bigger problem than anything else. And then, or there is no music, which is really a problem. <laughs> and, and, and then they submit it, but not thinking that, wow, this, here's a group that is not interested in seeing this type of film because they've never programmed this type of film. So why would all of a sudden a festival decide we've never programmed white women dancing in the woods? Why all of a sudden do you think we're going to take yours? Like what about yours is so special that this festival is going to consider it? And I think that this, that's one of the things a lot of filmmakers don't think about when they're conceptualizing their idea. And even after they finish, when they were going to submit it to a festival or send it out in the world, Think about who's going to receive it. So would you recommend if a dance film is trying to reach an audience that is more of a general festival circuit audience and not the specific dance film, mm-hmm. you know, festival, would it be, it, would, would you advise that they maybe try and mix in some narrative or some more, sorry, not narrative, some dialogue or some more like traditional film elements? There is this film, Jan Volu, I programmed a few years ago that had dance scenes in it to the point where the characters were learning how to dance and it was kind of a, a section of the film and a, served a purpose in the story. But there was, actually, I don't even think there was talking, which was great. It was silent, but there was a lot of like acting and just story time outside of uh, a performing space. Do you think that would help films get into like more of a general festival? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I perhaps. I, Again, I think that most general audiences that are going to a festival are looking for great storytelling. I mean, mm-hmm. the truth is that's what we're really looking for as programmers and as audience members. We're looking for great storytelling. And if your dance film is telling a story in a, in a relatively normative uh, narrative structure, right? There's a, a rising action with conflict and there's some sort of climax and there's a denouement. I mean, that's what those, that's the story structure that most people are expecting when they see a film, whether it is a four minute short film or a four hour feature, right? We're still expecting that same type of structure. Um, if, you're st- if you're kind of doing that with dance, it, it should work. The problem is so many of these dance films are sort of just one note, right? Mm-hmm. It's me getting out in the world and I'm getting frantic and then I'm going to calm down and maybe I got frantic again and then it would be over. And the whole film's about the self versus society. <laughs> right, right. Just really heady, big, big, you know, 35,000 foot topics that resonate again with the creator who's so, who's so invested and so into it that they can't see outside of it to go, wow, that's a really big concept you're trying to tackle here in seven minutes worth of motion. Um do you think that's how other people are perceiving it? And I think that's that's the big question to ask yourself as a filmmaker. How are other people perceiving that seven minutes? I might think it's the greatest thing since I spread, since I made it. And I think that, you know, obviously my dance is, you know, people should understand it because I'm a great dancer. But it, it's not like that dance is very interpretive. And, you know, a movement of the hand might mean something to the dancer and the choreographer, it may mean something completely different to the audience member who's not getting the subtleties that are behind it because they're not understanding that language or that interpretation of the language of dance. 
Totally. And I think that is the toughest part is how do you have something with enough depth and layers that the insiders and the person making it understand significance, but how do you make it clear enough and accessible enough for an audience to actually receive that message? Because at the end of the day, if they have to read the film's bio or description to get it, then then you're not really sharing it with the actual medium that you're creating. And you're actually, you've written a paragraph. You're a writer. And and I would and I would agree with you, and I and I find that to be a problem with a lot of films. You know, I, I used to joke that uh, filmmakers should never write the descriptions of their films, because inevitably a filmmaker would say, "Well, my film is about A, B, and C," and then I watch it, and I'm like, "Your film is about X, Y, and Z. It's about something completely different." While you think this is a funny crime comedy, right? I see this as a serious. Uh, you know, uh, look into uh, corruption and blah, blah. I mean, I see something just completely different. And I think that this is this is a big problem in general with independent film, especially from younger and emerging filmmakers who are so trying to find their voice um, that they're not thinking again about that audience and who's going to receive it and how do I how do I use my voice to communicate to them? And and I think that's that's the big issue. And again, I think that. Unfortunately, that applies more to dance film than others. And I think that's partially the, the medium. And I think that's partially the fact that most general audiences don't understand, like they're not sure what they're supposed to be looking for. Totally. And I love that you said all that. I think that this episode will probably, I'm saying this really early, but I think this is probably going to be one of my favorite episodes of the season, just because we are getting that outside eye and perspective. And the reality is the majority of the world, the majority of people that are in the creative arts are not all dance insiders and even less of them are dance film insiders. So if we do want to actually see this art form as hybrid language take off and be seen by more people, we do need to consider what those outside eyes are seeing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for all the work you do in the film industry, helping people at all stages of their career and their festivals. And I hope that maybe I'll persuade you to come see some dance films at Eaton Workshop this October. And I'll show you some stellar examples that I think could reach a general audience. Uh, I will take you up on that and I will see you in October, definitely. Awesome. Thank you so much, John. Thank you. Hello. Uh, Can you please introduce yourself and what you do for a living? Um, Well, I was very clear in my pre-interview request. No geolocation, anything like that. I'll tell you that I work in HR. My name's Jack. That's all I want people to know about me. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I'm your brother. Thanks for, uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on, Claire. Fantastic. Thank you so much for uh, joining us on the show today, or I guess joining me on the show today, rather. But anyways, um, as you know, and as you've probably known for a long time, I've been involved in dance film for quite a while. And um, the idea today is that we're asking people who are not involved in dance film about dance film. Or presumably who know anything about it, right? Presumably. Okay, good. All right, good. I just want to be starting from a good good place here. I don't want to oversell it. Okay. (laughs) Got it. Got it. But first of all, before I ask about dance film, like, what's your experience and background in dance? Um, I I can't say that I have a a huge uh, background in dance. I have... um, 
danced from time to time. I've been in uh, very informal dance competitions. Um, and uh, it, I, I guess I would say it takes a more modern approach, um, but that is probably the most generous interpretation that you could come up with for, for the way that I move my body. Well, I mean, literally anything can be dance. Then I'm definitely dancing. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and uh, what's your experience seeing dance film or dance on film in any capacity? Um, I, I would say much more than, than most of the people that I know, uh, but far less than you. <laughs> so, like, have you seen, like, dance film screenings or seen dance film online? Yeah, I, I, both of those. I, I've been to uh, uh, dance film festival. Um, I've seen kind of assorted dance films before we, I came on today. I watched a couple uh, a couple dance films. And, um, I mean, it, it's to me, it's, it's interesting because it's, um, as a total layman here, um, it does really straddle the border almost be really between like it's a dance film that emphasizes dance, but it, it, it's in, in many cases, the format of like a music video. Um, and uh, uh, to me, that's where you, you get that kind of crossover effect. Um, but obviously, you know, you're emphasizing a part of these that you wouldn't otherwise in, in, you know, kind of more traditional or more mainstream videos. Right, right. Can you elaborate on that musical music video idea? Like, do you, would you consider, um, and full disclosure, I did send a few samples before our interview today, but would you consider all of what you saw, dan like, music video type films? Um, I mean, no. Uh, I, like, I, I only, uh, like I said, this is, this is coming from, from a, you know, the point of zero, um, I, I just, I think that the, uh, the style at which, which these are shot, um, is very similar. And, and I think that, uh, you know, obviously there's, there's more emphasis on the, the people in the video than the music, the music itself. Um, but at the same time, in the same way that music videos, they present themselves as movement to music. It, it really does show itself similarly. Right on, right on. Also, that's something I've noticed as a habit of mine is I always say right on after someone answers the question. I'm trying to steer away from that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. All right. Well, do you say it when I give you the correct answer? Well, I mean... It, no, it's, All right, good. Let's just say I nailed that one. You nailed right. it, Jack. You're, you're, right. you're, you're rocking it so far here. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. So there's... Um, now, based on what you've seen about dance film, and you've already mentioned the music video descriptor as a term, but like, what, what characteristics of the films, I mean, compared to other either short films or either feature-length work that you see, would you say are unique to dance film? I suppose unique to dance film. Well, first off, like, I, I do think that these tend to trend bizarre, uh, which is, I mean... It's great to be honest, uh, but uh, but tend to trend bizarre. Where and and uh, in a way that like a lot of other short films or anything, it's like those when you see something that's that's jarring or, or strange in a, a short film or something that's like I don't know more widely distributed. It's it seems to be almost intentional, um, and that's an area where I personally like 
when I watch a dance film, I I come out of it thinking like, what what did I just see? Like you know, and <laughs> and I think that that's kind of the intent, right? Because it's I mean, a lot of it is interpretive. It's it's you know the um, the content is is obviously created to send a message, but that message is coming through in a way that it's not it's not hitting you in the face. It's not not explicit. It's it's like you you have to to make your own judgment. So I think uh, a lot of it is interpretive and that, I don't know that to me, that's, that's kind of the defining characteristic um, aside from the truly strange thing going on in, in a lot of these videos. Right. Can you actually, um, is there a particular moment that stands out as being strange or bizarre to you? I'd rather not talk about it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> too much too much trauma yeah, with yeah. it. Dance film has tends to have like a very sometimes almost frustratingly expansive definition and that it almost I mean sometimes to the point that it encompasses literally any film that has a, any type of movement in it. Um but would you So so it's film. <laughs> That's yes. what we're talking about here. Okay, Yes, good. all film is all right. dance film. Fair enough. Now I know. <laughs> Even uh, that Derek Jarman Blue movie was just, just like an hour and a half of blue. My favorite dance film is Casablanca. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And so would you necessarily say that if you were to categorize dance film, would you necessarily like give it a like a genre term or like would you say it's like a – mode or like a method of filmmaking or um i guess uh you know and one thing to disclose is i have a a, a low iq so like when when you say mode what do you mean like the way that you approach creating something or the way that you approach um the way the, the way that you approach the process okay um yeah, I mean, it, your your first question was whether it was a, a genre, and mm-hmm. I I suppose that's where I would go with. Um, though now that you've ta- said that dance film is this expansive definition, I'm not really sure anymore. <laughs> um, uh, but it, I mean, there's uh, uh, there's clearly uh, like it's clearly a level of intent when creating these, uh, and uh, I mean, there's a level of intent when you create any sort of film or movie or, or anything but but this is very clear and targeted and also in, in my opinion it, exceptionally personal to the the people who are um who are creating these things understandably um your involvement with dance film is kind of um i guess tangential because people who are related to you are <laughs> very involved in it yes is this something that you would seek out on your own to see you know i okay full disclosure I don't really seek out anything to see. I uh, I'm usually the last person to know about stuff, and when I then find out about it, I kind of actively seek to not see it. Um, but um, no, I mean it's it's uh, it's it's very interesting, and I think that um, you know the then and you can kind of hammer me for this one, but sort of the the short attention span that I and kind of others in the world have. Uh, I mean, if you can hit me with a, a four or five minute dance video, like some of the samples that I saw, like it, it, it really can capture you. Um, it, it, I do start to wander when I have to follow an interpretive story that gets to, you know, even the 15 to 20 minute range. Um, so 
I, I yeah, I, I do think I it's I I think it's fascinating. I think it's incredibly well done um, and showcases uh, uh, like real talent and vision. Um, but I, you might be talking to the wrong person when it comes to just seeking out content. There are always these discussions on how to make dance film. I mean, not only accessible to a wider audience, but how to really capture capture the attention of people watching dance film. Based on what you've seen so far, what do you think dance film needs to do that? Like what's either in its presentation or in its content, in the content itself? Is, is that really the goal? Like, I, I mean, I, I think that what does it need to do to capture the attention of a wider audience is the thing that, that anything does to, to capture the goal of a wider audience, which is do things to appeal to more people. So it's like dumb down the brand, you know, like uh, 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 make it violent or sexy or whatever it is, like draw eyes to it. But I, I mean, it's to me, it's it's an art form that I'm not sure, like if, if it truly is art, the people that are going to watch it are they're just going to watch it. Um, and I'm not sure that it, it needs to draw this wide audience. Based on what you've seen from dance film, is there anything lacking from the experience? Or is there anything that you, the, the film finishes and you're like, oh, I wish there was more this, or I wish, like, I didn't get this from it? I mean, that's, it's kind of hard to say. It's like, um, you certainly get visual stimulation. Um, uh, I suppose there could be more, auditory or auditory stimulation but like i said i don't think that's the point i don't think the point of these things is to make it easier for me the viewer to digest i think it's that you know that this is someone's vision that they're they're showcasing that in the way that they see fit and then it's kind of up to me to interpret it the way that i would like to interpret it or to try to interpret it in the way that the creator intended it do you think having a dance background or familiarity with dance makes that easier, or do you think that's necessary to uh, to interpret these films or to to really take in these films? I'm sure it helps. Um, I mean, it, it's like the uh, uh, you know what do they call the conundrum when you you know very little about something, and so you're the most opinionated on that. So, like, it, I I think. I, I think if I were to say that you don't need experience, that I would be coming pretty high up on that uh, <laughs> that ratio there. So I'm sure that it does help. Um, for me personally, I, I mean, I think that a lot of these, I I am taking guesses to to interpret what the the meaning of these films are, and um, and I think that's okay. So maybe it helps your enjoyment. And uh, uh, it certainly, I'm sure, helps your understanding to have a background in, in dance and in dance film. But, uh, I mean, I think that it can be, in, it's definitely enjoyed by, by uh, you know, watched by people who don't have, uh, you know, any knowledge of dance film or, or even dance. So, yeah, that's, uh, thank you again, Jack, for um, sitting down with me. I just have one question, which is um, hopefully a bit more of a fun question. Um, if you yeah, could, the, the rest of the questions were brutal. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I made you sorry. I made you suffer through them. But um, if you 
could actually make a dance film or if you had like a blank check to commission a dance film, what would that film look like? What would it be? Boy, I, I you're talking to someone with like a, a dent in his brain where the like creativity was supposed to be. Um, I, I think that I, I like your your idea of commissioning a dance film. So I think what I would do is I would, uh, uh, you know, s- scrape all my money together, maybe find some uh, some producer in the dance world. Maybe you guys could tell me, you know, who one is. Um, oh, okay. Well, I mean. There you go. All right. Uh, I just raised my hand, viewers. Yeah. So, I, yeah, then I'd pick you, and then I would say, we'll make my money back. And then that's how I would do it. Um, yeah, I, I don't Good know. Luck. Yeah, I, I, I guess uh, it, it's hard. It's hard, hard for me to say because I, I think that um, uh, you would. It, I, I would anticipate that if I were to make a dance film, I would personally not be in it. Um, and then I almost feel like, you know, if I had any sort of vision to, for it, it's like, how could I possibly ask? someone else to to try to um you know show that vision through their movement um i'm, so, I'm sure that happens a lot but for, <laughs> from uh from my personal perspective it would be really difficult to do um so yeah let's go with the let's go with i would commission it and then just like find the people who are the best and then uh tell them to to go ahead and give me a a good uh, return on my investment all right, all right, and hopefully we get the rare dance film that actually, you know, makes that return. <laughs> it's going to be a hit. Oh, I can't wait! I can't wait. I'm all, I only, I only hire the best. Arthur, would you care to introduce yourself to the show? Yeah, as you said, my name is Arthur. I'm a filmmaker here, based in Utah, and. I usually work in science fiction films, but for my day job, I work at the Genetic Science Learning Center making educational content for high school, middle school kids. And some of my favorite films, that's a hard question, but I gravitate towards all sorts of genres. I do like science fiction movies, monster movies, Godzilla, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'd say that's you in a nutshell. So Arthur... I know you've never made a dance film ever. (laughs) (laughs) I know you've, I think you've helped on a few, right? You know, I don't think I did. Wow. And you have quite a few friends that make dance films. Yeah, you and I met filming ballet. Yes. So certainly at some point, it feels like we should have filmed a dance film together or something like that. But no, I've never been on any sort of creative team to make a dance film. But yeah, I feel like there was this like trend at the University of Utah where we went that everyone was just making a ton of them. They were all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow you did not get involved. Yeah, I was just always sticking to my weird cerebral sci-fi things. Well, with that said, like what is your perception of dance film? What do you think about it? Does it scare you? Are you confused by it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not scared of it. It's just not in my wheelhouse at all. I like watching it, but I don't seek it out. So you ask here in the notes that you sent me, do I think of dance films as a genre or a mode? And 
I kind of struggle with that. Whenever you start talking about genres, I feel like the whole conversation falls apart because you start saying, well, like, is this a genre or is this other thing a genre? And maybe, yes, no. But I feel like if you just say, I'm making a dance film, you need to go into a little bit more detail than that because generally people aren't going to know exactly what that means. Like if I say I'm making a musical, people can kind of put that together and they know what that means. I'm making a cop show. People know what that means. I'm making a workplace comedy. Those are all genres that I think kind of carry images and tropes, cliches that people are very familiar with. But when you just say I'm making a dance film, I don't know what that means. Is it like step up? <laughs> or is it like more like a music video, right? Because a lot of the dance films that you showed me, the screen dance you showed me back in college, those were like music videos. Some of them just straight up were music videos that included dancing. So that's what I think of when you say dance film. But I don't think a lot of people do. Like my parents wouldn't. They wouldn't know what that is. Do you like dance film at all or screen dance? The ones that we would show you? Yeah, for sure. But I'm also not the kind of person that really loves music videos. Like I said, I don't seek out dance films and I don't seek out music videos really either. It's just not something that I really love to occupy my time with. That makes it sound like I don't like them, but I do. Have you seen a dance film since school? Or at least anything? <laughs> For sure I have. Probably because you might have sent me one or something. I feel like there was something on Netflix I watched just out of the blue. So I guess no. I guess the answer to that is really no. I've definitely have had conversations with people who don't know much about screen dance or this kind of type of filmmaking in general. Mm -hmm. But it's really funny just listening to you because I've worked with you on projects and you were in a community of people that were also making the kind of work that I make. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I guess I just didn't know that I that you were kind of like, yeah, <laughs> like you were really like, even though you were in the circle, but you were kind of just this like invisible like <laughs> existence it's just it's very interesting so sorry yeah and i i hope i'm not offending you oh, either no. it's just like no it's not my cup of tea but totally respect it <laughs> i mean including you and maybe the others or most people out there like mm -hmm. like how do you take just this kind of work in like when you first see it like what are your thoughts like what is it challenging do you think it's challenging for other people I know earlier you were saying is it a musical that you're working on or step up mm -hmm. <laughs> so you also have to remember too that I really like screenwriting and I love dialogue and back and forth and characters and conversations stuff like that so it's almost like I have to change up the gears in my head in order to process a dance film you are watching something that is working on a more symbolic, imagery-based level. And maybe that's also why I don't really love music videos or I don't really connect to them all the time. So I don't think it's a challenge to watch a dance film or a screen dance short or anything like that. It's just, yeah, not what I love about movies. It's just changing things up a little bit. It's not that bad. <laughs> Does that make you know, sense? Yeah, I mean... You don't you don't love that random musical number that sometimes pop up in movies? Oh, but I do actually. 
<laughs> that reminds me of the film that we just watched, The Red Shoes, which is like a two-hour film about ballet. And it's mostly about the drama backstage. But in the middle of it, there's this incredible dance sequence that is pretty fantastical and kind of sums up the themes of the entire film and what the characters are going through. And to me, that like 10-minute dance sequence was the best part of the film, and I really, really enjoyed that. So clearly there is a part of me that likes the imagery and the crazy symbolism that you can kind of just pack into a dance, and it easily expresses what the characters are going through in a way that's easy to digest almost. It works on a primal level when you watch it. I get that. I understand that. It's the escapism in the moment. I mean, all movies, books, video games is a type of escapism, you know, for ourselves, you know, just Hmm. being in these stories. And I think dance in that nature is kind of that extra step into the escapism where you're more just expressing just emotion and body physically. I mean, dance, you're using your brain with it but you're not thinking about what the words are coming out you're not thinking about what's next you're just kind of living in that moment and I think that's what happens in those musical or dance numbers you know it's that extra step of losing yourself that's so interesting I wouldn't have thought of it as escapism but it is a great way to just turn off your brain almost (laughs) like I said just change out the gears that's what I love about some musicals is uh, I know some people don't like musicals because characters start singing and that kind of Turns breaks the illusion. Yeah. And they don't want to watch that. I like musicals. I like that when a character is, is feeling something so powerfully that they need to express it through song. Mm-hmm. And then when the song isn't enough to convey their feelings and what they're going through, then they start to dance and it becomes this total fantasy. You know, you can't just express in dialogue. And I think general audiences do like musicals. I think maybe they used to more and now people are a little bit cynical or sniffy towards them. You just don't see as many, I think, that really, no, I don't, maybe that's not true because what was that movie? The Greatest Showman just like made how much money? Just a couple years ago? Yeah. I mean, I think they're coming in vogue again. I mean, Hamilton, like, they... Hamilton, of course, yeah. They've been coming back because of seeing, like, a newer way to deliver them in audiences. Like, I remember in the early 2000s, there was quite a bit of musicals coming back into fashion. Mm -hmm. Like, Chicago and Rend, and they're coming back. I used to be sniffy towards them, too, like having that much emotion on screen is a little bit scary for a teenager, I think. (laughs) So when I was younger, I was like, no. It's a lot to take in. But yeah, once you're more comfortable with yourself, you're like, okay, I can can have fun with this. Now, Arthur, if you could, if you had to, you were given, (laughs) given the opportunity, but the thing was you had to make a dance film. In your eyes, what would that be like? Coming from someone that doesn't, normally seek it out but does enjoy the occasional musical Mm -hmm. i wanted to answer that with something like you don't know what you don't know like i just don't know where to even begin with that but i think it offers the opportunity for some fun visuals that you might not just be able to do otherwise i immediately want to do something it sounds terrible Uh, this is this is a terrible idea please don't 
no one judge me or do this at all. But like, set it in space. <laughs> I hate to go ex- like right to like the, the most terrible that. sci-fi thing. Just <laughs> set it in space. That sounds fun. But yeah, with the stars and everything, you could, you could do some fun stuff with I don't know constellations dancing around. How do you do yeah. that? Someone get on that. No, <laughs> no one do that. That sounds bad. Have you seen any films that were taken underwater? People would like be strapped to a building and doing dance stuff like that. That anti gravity. I mean, you're talking about anti oh, that's like, a great... gravity of space, and there are films out there, dance films. Yeah, see, that sounds. People have already done this. People have already moved past this. That was like baby's first dance film. This is <laughs> old. It's been done. You should send me some of those. Then I would love to watch, watch some of those. I will. I will send you those. Cause I mean, if you're talking about gravity, I mean, hey, you could put the dancers in a green screen painted pool, and then mm. then you can put them in space. You're a VFX artist sometimes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, sometimes. I just imagine their silhouettes like moving through the stars. Has that been done? That's probably been done. I don't think that's been done. Maybe if it was like, I don't want to say poorly done, but you know what I'm talking about, the green screen. <laughs> what are you talking about? Green screens always look great. So good. <laughs> I feel like I didn't answer any of your questions very well. So thank you for putting up with me in my ignorance (laughs) (laughs) towards this style of film that you just love. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know anything about it. (laughs) But that's the whole beauty of looking at this from an outside perspective because, Mm. you know, it's kind of just in my way trying to figure out how to cross that line of getting the general public excited about seeing dance work, which would lead Mm. them to maybe go see a dance performance. Right. See, I think people like music videos quite a bit because their favorite artist did them Mm -hmm. or they have a band that they really liked or something like this. But I don't know how you get the general public to really fall in love with someone like they fell in love with Elvis Presley or the Beatles and now Mm -hmm. today like Beyonce. Like, how do you get people to really, I can't name a dancer, I, how do you get someone to fall in love with a dancer and the general public to really follow that? Because I think, because I don't think you get masses of people really flocking to dance films unless you have that as a starting point. Do you know any famous dancers at the top of your head? Wow. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. There's not one dancer. Have you ever heard of Misty Copeland? Mm-mm, no. Wow. Because that would be considered maybe the most famous or like Julianne and Derek Huff, also big dancers. Huh. Yeah, no, I've never heard those names. I also feel like I missed out on a ton of things. Like, I feel like I just don't know a lot. But I feel like we all just get sidetracked. We get pulled into our little niches and then we become very familiar with everything going on in them. Yeah, that's true. And those little subcultures. But then there's other subcultures that we just totally miss out on. And yeah, dance films and music videos, uh, that's just not something that I ever got pulled into. The good thing is that we got people that strive in those subcultures Mm -hmm. and do the best that they can to get the other subcultures to just know that they exist. 
And that's what I'm doing here today. Yeah, if you put dance in a film, though, like, I absolutely love it. Like I, like I said, in that Red Shoes section, I just thought it was the best part of the film. But it was still kind of wrapped in the screenplay of a feature film. Dance can be like the height of visual expression in films like that. I like that. Well, thank you, Arthur, for joining me in today's uh, little episode. Just kind of uh, talking about the outward perspective of dance film. And I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Where can people find you? I think if you Google my name, I come up, Arthur Venema. My friend Andrew Slaughter and I host a film history podcast, A Century in Cinema, where we watch a lot of movies and discuss their historical relevance. So take a look at that. Arthur, thank you again. Hannah, thank you so much. Well, that was an entertaining listen, and from three very, very different perspectives, too. I am so glad we did this episode, and I think it was really funny how each person in their own way was very cautious and almost apologetic at first. Like, I don't want to offend you, but I don't really like this stuff. And that was exactly (laughs) what we were looking for, because the truth is, it's not for everybody, and we have a lot to learn by figuring out um, what the nuances of that are. Yeah, obviously... One thing that I was picking up from, like, every conversation was, like, they enjoy, like, dance to an extent, but they're not actually going out to seek it. Like, uh, one thing that I noticed, or another thing that I noticed in these three distinctive conversations was that, like, everyone has their own little niche that they get tied up into, and... That's why they don't look for these kind of films. And I like how kind of like the three of us were saying, oh, like, that's why I do this. And this is what I strive (laughs) for, you know. I guess in my brother's case, his niche is actively not seeking films. Yeah, or seeking anything, which I think was like a perfect way of also describing my friend Arthur. You know, like he's just like, I I like what I like, you know. Sorry. <laughs> right, right. And I think there's a lot to be revealed by the things they had in common when it comes to where they sort of drop off on this and where audiences in general disconnect with dance film or screen dance. And it, it seems that the most popular access points are movie musicals and like music videos. That's like the point of reference a general audience member has. And then <laughs> I love what Claire's brother said about you know, how to reach a wider audience is like, you know, dumb it down, make it violent, make it sexy, like, to be honest. But that's maybe why it's not meant for everybody. And that's kind of okay to make it precious for a smaller audience and a little more specific. Yeah. I mean, another thing that I noticed, uh, sort of a, a trend between all three interviews, maybe not explicitly with Arthur, but sound was mentioned quite a bit. And mm-hmm. I know that there was a lot of critique with John's perspective on sound design and and dance film. And I think that's, I mean, that's something that I've noticed quite a bit. And I think that that's something that's also quite lacking as far as the, the field as a whole goes, like really, really careful consideration of the sonic environment. Sound, but also like everyone was saying about like, making dance film a little bit more 
not just accessible, but yeah, the whole like making it clear to understand, not just being like sexy and <laughs> violent, but just like it, everyone said it's interpretive. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, that is like, I mean, art is interpretive in general, you know, it's the, not everyone is actually going to art museums. Not everyone is going to dance performances. Movie theaters showcase films that have a clear beginning, middle, and end. And I think that's the hardest part for this kind of mode of filmmaking that audiences kind of struggle with. Well, and I think that kind of reveals the truth here the the deep down message which is like why are you making what you're making what is it for who is yeah. it for and there's exactly. room for so much there's room for big budget things that maybe are not the most artistic or highbrow you know but there's room for all of these and there's so many platforms and distribution channels and it's easier than ever for people to make and share work so i think that the future is bright for the art form and i think that there's I mean, I think that there's a lot of talk about reconsidering festival structures and re, especially considering ways that short films are seen. And again, when it comes to creating films, as as John kind of alluded to, like, I genuinely don't think that, I mean, I don't want to project at all. And maybe the people have like a whole like air table and have um, <laughs> and also thanks thank, thank you John for air table by the way yes thank you for creating air table <laughs> just <kidding>. yeah <laughs> but I feel that when the work is created it's created with a like within its own little within its own little bubble and with it with its own within its own little echo chamber. And so as far as how it fits programmatically, it doesn't necessarily fit in many different environments. And again, is that necessarily the goal? I'm really huge about getting screen dance, dance film away from like a purely product driven practice and really like having that be, you know, really a process of finding a voice. And but yeah, I think that's something to consider, like how, like what are the current venues that you can actually see these films and how do they do a service and disservice to what you're trying to communicate? What other ways can that film be seen better and how can you facilitate that? Yeah, and all in all, I mean, that's why we're doing this show today. <laughs> you know, like I, the whole point of doing this podcast is to reach people who do not know much about dance film and you know learn a little something a bit more and you know not just having this be at a location like a dance film festival or educational class that you would get in school but this is free and accessible for anyone to sit in and listen to and learn a little something about screen dance. Well, thank you, Jack, John, and Arthur for being part of our shared resources and collective knowledge. And our listeners, be sure to- <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, our outside eyes, who whom we took no offense from in this episode. Don't worry. And listeners, make sure you check the show notes for all the links that we talked about today as well. We'd love to hear from you. 
send us an email at frameformpodcast at gmail.com and engage with us on social at frameformpod. That's frameform, P-O-D. If you like what you're hearing, leave a review and rate the show. It really helps out. And if you know someone who also likes dance or film, join the conversation and bring your friends. Frameform is a production of Rixie, hosted by Hannah Weber, Jen Ray, and Claire Schweitzer. Edited by the Frameform team. Mix and theme song by myself, Mason Carlton. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.